Welcome to The Jewelry District, a podcast by JCK. Today, Rob Bates and Victoria Gamelski talk with Saren Bachman, Group Vice President of RX Jewelry Group. Hey everyone, welcome to The Jewelry District. This is Victoria Gamelski, Editor-in-Chief of JCK and jckonline.com, calling in from my home office in Los Angeles, and I'm with... Rob Bates, News Director of JCK and jckonline.com, calling in from getting much nicer uh, New York City. Weather's uh, warming up, so it's good. Oh, May is such a beautiful time to be there. Actually, it's probably May and June, I would say, and September are probably my three favorite months. I, I think there were songs about at least two of those months. So there you go. So all of you listening to this, I hope you have June 8th for the start of luxury. That's a Wednesday on your calendar. And of course, June 10th for the start of JCK Las Vegas, a tiny bit later this year to accommodate Jewish holidays that happen every now and then in early June. And we've got a ton of great information for you. And the person who we have as our guest today is going to fill you in on everything new. You will most certainly be familiar with her. She was a guest in 2020, back when we were prepping for the virtual show. And she is, of course, Saren Bachman, Group Vice President of the RX Jewelry Group. The woman who heads the show has all the answers, and we'd love to, we're so excited to have her back. Welcome back, Saren. Thank you. I'm excited to be back. Yes. Well, we're thrilled. Um, We're thrilled to talk about Vegas, and we're thrilled that it's going to be a normal, quote-unquote, show back in its mostly regular time frame. It seems like lots of people are attending. I've heard a ton of great buzz about expectations, and I don't know, is that what you're hearing too? Yes, for sure. We're so excited to be planning, you know, as you said, for a more normal show year and not dealing with changes in dates and all of the other things of the past couple of years. So we're thrilled to be bringing back so much of what everyone loves about the show. And everyone I talk to is saying they're coming and can't wait to be there. So we're all beyond excited for this year. Before we dive into some of the specifics, because there is a lot of great stuff to talk about, we do always start this show off with a brief background on the guest. And we've heard your background before, but many listeners I'm sure have not or would love to be reminded. Tell us, how did you get to the RX Jewelry Group? How did you get so involved in the industry? What was your lead up to this business? I mean, I'd say it started as a kid where with my passion for jewelry, I think this was meant to be for me. However, from a work perspective, I started out of school as a consultant working for Anderson Consulting. And I know calling it that dates me a bit because it's now Accenture. And RX, or at the time Reed Exhibitions, was a client of Anderson Consulting. And I had a consulting project there. And that's how I learned about the trade show business, being a consultant at the company. And then a few years later, I wound up going to work there. And I just fell in love with trade shows and, and that idea of almost running your own small business when you run a trade show. You get to deal with all aspects, sales, marketing, finance, operations, and PR and and everything that goes into it. And the other thing I love about it is you get to start fresh every year. You work on something all year and then you see it come to culmination and you get to see it live and in person. And then it's almost like when you start a new school year and take out your new fresh notebook and start thinking about everything you're going to do differently, we get to do that each year. So um, I really love it and equally love the jewelry industry. So it wasn't long after I started at Reed that I had my eyes set on the jewelry shows, knowing I wanted to run an event. And when a couple of years into being at Reed, there was an opening to run the luxury show. And it was a couple of years after luxury had launched. 
and I couldn't have been more thrilled to have that be the first event that I ran. And I haven't looked back since. I, I would say I feel as much, if not more, a part of the jewelry industry as I do the trade show industry at this point after so many years. So you worked on different shows, I guess, before Luxury. Is, is there any difference that you found between how those those shows and, and JCK? So every industry is different and every show is different. What I love about the jewelry industry really is the passion that everybody in the industry has for it. It's so many family-owned businesses, as we all know, passed down generation to generation. It's not people clocking a time clock. It's really people who care so much about what they do, and it's it's ingrained in their family, not just a job. And it's really the people in the industry that I find different and the part that my team and I love so much about it. I think everybody I know who has slipped into jewelry just, you know, happened to get a job that wasn't in, in the industry. The vast majority of people I know have stuck with it. It, it is a business that, yeah, you don't really want to get out because you do make so many deep, deep friendships. I mean, it's certainly true of me. I think it's true of Rob. He can comment. But yeah, I mean, we've all been in it for a long time and it's hard not to become a lifer. So totally get why you're still here, I guess. Before we get to newness at the show again, because there's tons, I just did want to ask about Yancey Weinrich, who for so long had your role. I believe she was the one who brought you into the luxury fold, or perhaps she was, you know, at least your colleague, if not, you know, you tell us what's what's new with Yancey, because I, I haven't seen her for a while. She's a former guest also on the podcast. By the way. Our history, as you were asking, Vic, is actually an interesting one. Yancey started out at American Gem Society in the industry, um, the opposite path that I took. And actually, I'm the one who brought Yancey into the JCK's luxury side of things. So I was running luxury at the time, and I hired Yancey from American Gem Society to be our luxury salesperson. And then we worked together for many years on luxury. And then I took a hiatus from the business for a time period when it was difficult back then to really balance, have a work-life balance, not as it is today where it's much more flexible, especially for working moms. At the time, it was very challenging. And so I had to find a job that had less travel for a time period. And I did a startup retail business at the time. And and I stayed in touch with Yancey and many of my friends in the industry. And then, as you were saying, Yancey hired me back when I was ready and there was an opening. There happened to be an opening again on Luxury, the show at the time that I had left when I was running. So um, it went full circle. And Yancey, when she at the time was running JCK, hired me back to run Luxury. And we worked together for many years since. So I'd say about a year ago, Yancey took another step in her career where she went on to take a role at RX, again, the new name for read exhibitions is Rx. And she was on chief growth officer overseeing the portfolio of all our events, not just jewelry. And at that point, I stepped up and I was running the jewelry portfolio. So that happened about a year ago, maybe a little less. And then recently, Nancy took another step. Um, and to make this ne next step in her career, she needed to leave RX. And she's now president running a smaller trade show company, but one that doesn't compete in any of the same industries. So excited for her. It was a great next step in her career, although we definitely will miss her both at RX and in the jewelry industry. Ah, well, thank you for clarifying all that history. And thanks for updating us. If I doubt Yancy has time to listen to this, but if she is listening, Best of luck, Yancey. I'm sad that we're not going to see you at GCK 
you this year. It's going to feel a little emptier without you. <laughs> you know, you say that, but she actually is going to do a short visit. She's still on the Diamonds Do Good board. So she's going to come, I think, for a night or maybe two in order to attend that event. So you may catch her in passing at JCK. Oh, I hope so. Okay. I will definitely keep my eyes peeled. I would love to see her. Should we talk about the show now? I think uh, we've teed up our listeners pretty well for, for hearing everything that's new. Should we start with Sarah and maybe give us a little highlights of how the layouts changed and what people can expect in terms of you know the actual ballrooms and where things will be? Of course. Happy to. So the layout is going back similarly to the way it was in 2019. In 2021, we had to adjust it based on the venue constraints with our new dates, but we're happy to put it back similar to the layout in 2019. For example, Luxury will be back on level two. And we have a few new additions this year, such as AGTA joining us back, which we're very excited about. So we did have a Gem Pavilion in 2019 and in 2021. And, and now we will have a Gem Pavilion plus AGTA being a big part of it. So we're excited about that. And that pavilion will be also on level two, right behind Luxury and next to the Plum Club. And that opens a day before the JCK show opens on Thursday. We're excited to have our internationals back. We know uh, last year it was difficult for many of them to exhibit, but this year they're back and even more than we had in 2019. We have some new additions such as Sri Lanka and Thailand, gemstone pavilions, and so many of our returning internationals. So I think that's something that many retailers will look forward to and an easy way to shop from around the world in one stop. We have a new pavilion called The Shops, which is going to be a gift neighborhood. Many retailers already carry gift items, and then those that don't, this is a nice way to kind of fill out your store with different items. So we're going to start having some gift offerings for retailers to check out, which could be great to add to your store and even fun maybe to pick up something for yourself while you're there. Things like high-end handbags, candles, soaps, and we're even going to have some JCK swag that you can buy in this pavilion as well, or some artwork with an artist we work with, Kicks by Sammy, who created some of those wonderful murals many of you may have seen at the show over the past couple of years, um, and some items by her as well. So some great returning neighborhoods as well as some new ones. Wow. I was asked this question a, a few weeks ago, and I wasn't sure, but now I am sure. We are going to have a, uh, a full education and entertainment lineup, correct? We are. We are back in full force. Um, from the education perspective, we will have a full slate of programming on Thursday for JCK Talks. And that will include a bunch of GIA-run sessions, as well as sustainability, trends, digital marketing, NFT sessions, and ending with a how-to JCK panel and happy hour, which I will be a part of, along with other retailers that can help others um, in the best way to work the show. And then we will have education on our showcase stage throughout the show days on level two. And what we're doing differently this year with that is we're going to have tracks that are themed where at the same time each day over the show days, the showcase stage will have a similar subject matter. Trends, responsibility, including sustainability and diversity and inclusion, sales, marketing, and relevance, which are topics like metaverse and NFTs and digital fraud. At the same time each day, you could find those similar 
themes with different speakers and different panelists on this talk's showcase stage. We're also coming back with our JCK keynote to kick things off on Friday morning. And that keynote session is sponsored by Serene, and it's going to be one not to be missed. You may be hearing a lot about the metaverse and, and NFTs and all these digital things that are coming. And I don't know about you two, but it was definitely something that I didn't really know even what it was. And I, I feel like our industry needs to know what it is and what's coming next. And so we have a great speaker in this space. Her name is Swansit, and she's a digital innovator and master marketer. She's the former global head of digital marketing at Nike, Estee Lauder, and Revlon. And this is going to be that session to really start getting everyone thinking about what's coming next and, and how do retailers get involved in this from a future standpoint. And all the, the so which parties are going to be back? Um... All of them will be back. We have JCK Rocks coming back. Um, we, we are doing it on a different night this year. We're going to do it on Saturday night, and it's going to be a 30th anniversary edition special. I don't know if we mentioned that yet on the podcast, but it is our 30th anniversary of JCK. So that event is going to be back, and it's featuring current and past members of the Hamilton show on Broadway. Literally, the current Alexander Hamilton on Broadway is going to come off of Broadway to be with us at JCK, and they are going to be singing everyone's favorite Hamilton songs, along with songs you can't hear anywhere else, a mix-up of Hamilton songs mixed up with current pop songs and other songs in a way that is a private performance that's not to be missed. So the evening will start with networking cocktails, then have the show, and then be a big blast after party celebrating our 30th. So exciting. What a get. Yes. Hamilton. Yes, we're we are. And then all of our partner events are back as well. Um, to name a few, Diamonds Do Good on Thursday night. Plum Club is taking invited guests to see Katy Perry on Friday night. Levion's doing their red carpet fashion show, which is followed by the Jewelers for Children Facets of Hope evening on Sunday night. WJA is doing a new event, a breakfast and keynote Saturday morning. Rap Report's coming back with their breakfast Sunday morning, and so many others are doing cocktail parties and events, including GIA, HES, IDCA. Um, it's all back. Everybody's uh, excited to get back and, and to more normalcy, as you said earlier. Thrilling. It sounds like such a regular year. What a relief. What are you most looking forward to? Is there something on your calendar that you think will be the highlight for you, personally? I'm excited about all of it, of course, but I'd say what I'm looking most forward to is one of the things we're doing new this year is we're doing a lot of new activations all over the show floor. So moments where you can see something unique and different, capture a photo opportunity, a video opportunity, that I'm really excited about. I think we were gonna be handing out little maps where everybody can find where these are. And I think it's gonna bring some new fun excitement to the show. I'm also so excited for the 30th anniversary celebration Saturday night. And I just really can't wait to see everyone in person, hear about what the trends are going to be and get back together. You know, I, I was just curious if you remembered your first JCK or luxury show, I guess it would have been luxury, but do you remember kind of what it was like? I'd love to hear what it was like. Cause it just, <laughs> I think about my first, my first show, I believe it was the year 2000. So it just takes me right back. I love kind of, I get nostalgic. Yes. That's a great question. I do remember my first luxury show the year I took luxury over for those of you who go back that far luxury was up in the suites. Yeah, I in remember. The nation. It was in hotel rooms. And that was the year I took it over. Um, was the year that 
we moved it down to a ballroom. So when I came on board as event director, this was the big question and the big topic and the big decision. My first big decision I had to make, which was, would we stay up in the suites or would we move down? And it was about a 50-50 answer on what exhibitors wanted for us to do. There was something at the time we called threshold anxiety, where some retailers wouldn't necessarily feel comfortable walking into a suite where at the time the beds were still in there and they were sometimes conducting business on a bed. But there were people who felt it was working and if it's not broke, don't fix it. And so I, that was the first big decision I had to make. And I went to moving it to a ballroom. It was probably one of the best decisions made. It was phenomenal, phenomenal show moved to the ballroom and it just took off from there. So I do remember that first year fondly for sure. Do you have, I remember when we talked to Yancey, she had a whole routine. Is there anything you do to kind of get ready for the show, you know, to get psyched and get pumped and ready to go? Yes, I think I think it's similar to everyone else. The big thing is packing for a show for how long we're there. I mean, I'm out there for 10 or 11 nights. So packing is the big thing. And, and believe it or not, that does get me excited. I start picking out my outfits and, of course, the shoes. <laughs> um, a trend was started a few years back of, of posting photos of shoes. Um, I believe Barbara Palumbo may have been the first one to do this. And, and it just caught on. And a bunch of us will take pictures of our shoes and post them on Facebook or hashtag Vegas shoes. And um, that just gets me ready and in the mood and, and, and knowing it's, it's time. And do you, do you, is there a certain nervousness before or? Of course, there's a little bit of anxiousness, I'd say, more than nervousness. One of the things that I tell, you know, I have some event directors underneath me now and uh, helping out on the luxury side and on the JAS show side. And one of the things I say to them always is, you can plan every detail and you can plan for everything that could go wrong and have backup plans and do everything right. And no matter what you do, I promise there will be something you couldn't have anticipated, you couldn't expect that's going to go wrong. And you just have to deal with it when it happens and make the best of it and and get through it. And with a smile on your face and know there's nothing you could have done, it was going to come your way. It's not from any lack of planning. And, and I probably could do a whole podcast on the things each year that have been that one thing, but there's always something. And, you know, it keeps it keeps it interesting for sure. What I get nervous for is my speeches going up on stage. That, that always makes me nervous. But... <laughs> Other than that, I'm good. Is it mostly like introductions of the keynote speakers and so on? Yeah. So I do speeches the two mornings of luxury before the keynotes. Those are the big ones. Once I get through that, I actually sigh a little bit of relief and then um, probably have a small one at the JCK keynote morning. And, and I'm going to have a small introduction at the Saturday night of the Hamilton. So the small introductions don't get me as much in advance as they do just moment of, but the longer ones, you know, take a little practice. And, and I'm curious, I don't think I've ever asked you this but in terms of sleep like some people get by with four or five hours and they seem okay but how do you sort of deal with sleep in Vegas you must not be able to sleep in I'm sure you can't that that would be kind of a (laughs) yes there's no there's no sleeping in in Vegas I I will say it's an it's an amazing phenomenon and I don't know if you all feel this as well but for some reason I never get tired in Vegas I think it's a combination of the adrenaline 
and the oxygen they're pumping in. But I can go much later in Vegas than I can anywhere else, not feel tired. I do get less sleep than I would normally anywhere else, but I'm able to push through it. And I definitely crash after the show when I get back home, but I I don't feel tired. The other neat trick someone taught me was at night when you're out at the bars and in the parties and you're drinking, my drink of choice is tequila. And someone taught me, um, a good industry friend, that it is the only alcohol that's an upper that actually when you have those nights you're looking from happy hour to dinner to after hours that kind of keeps me going so if you find me in the evening you'll probably find me with a glass of tequila and that helps as well did not know that that's something by the way that's important you should put that under like our show tips when we put that interesting interesting show tip You know what, I, I actually, you mentioned oxygen and I, I was in Aspen late last year and they, at the gift shop at the hotel, they sold these little canisters of oxygen because obviously you're at altitude when you're skiing. And so people were saying they it helped counteract, you know, if you were drinking at night, it would, you'd feel better in the morning, especially if you're off on a day of skiing. And I still have, so I bought some and, you know, when I got home, I bought a bunch of canisters off Amazon and I just reminded myself, even in addition to the oxygen already pumping through the casino, why not bring your own? That's a great tip. Why not, right? I just, on this note about sort of things to do, I wanted to, I just jumped out of my seat for a second to grab the, in, as a sly plug for the latest print issue of JCK, which just came out earlier this month, our summer issue, all about Vegas. Of course, you can find details about the show, but also there's a big article in there by our longtime freelancer, Matt Villano, who's a travel expert and has written guidebooks to Vegas for well over 15 years now. And he sussed out all the newness and there's actually quite a bit new at the Venetian Expo in you know in the complex number one on the list according to our travel expert is the tree bar at sushi samba and the grand canal shops as the name suggests the centerpiece of this bar is a tree sculpture designed with autumnal hues and sparkling lights the bar has its own food menu of small plates robata and sashimi ceviche and a full spate of cocktail options and so it's a great place to people watch apparently and then uh there's apparently the whole venetian pool deck has been renovated and revised and it's meant to be a really fantastic place to people watch again and just take a dip. I had the tiniest of opportunities to enjoy the pool there last year on my last day. And so it was already pretty nice. So I'm thrilled that it's going to be redone. Yes, um, we're actually doing our, um, we have a luxury party Thursday night for the luxury guests and we're doing it out of the pool. So we'll get a chance to see that, which is exciting. Ah. Nice. One other plug for a local restaurant, local to, of course, JCK goers. And I think most people will know this place. It's a wonderful, I had lunch there last year, as a matter of fact, uh, the Greek place, Estiatorio Milos. If you haven't tried their lunch, it's apparently the best in town. It's $38 for a three-course meal. It includes a starter, a main, and a dessert. So, you know, there'll be lots to see and do around there, but that's a great place to have a lunch because it's super close to the show floor, so you can slip in and slip out. And for any vegans out there, Truth and Tonic, which is at the Canyon Ranch Spa, which you can access from the Venetian and uh, and the Palazzo is the kind of OG vegan or plant-based spot in town. So for those of you whose diets have changed in the last few years and want to seek out places that have more of what you're looking for, don't miss Truth and Tonic. I would give another lunch tip while you're giving lunch tips, two of them. One is for exhibitors in the show, a new thing this year. They're going to be able to order off a Venetian app to their booths 
for lunch, which is going to be a really convenient feature for them. And the other tip I have, insider tip, would be we have a ballroom, the Luxury and JCK Cafe, that's near the Luxury Ballrooms in the Bellini Ballroom. And that serves lunch throughout the JCK show days. It's a cash concession lunch, but it's a little more upscale than what you're going to get on the show floor. And it's much closer and more convenient than having to go into the Venetian to any of the restaurants. And it's not just for luxury on JCK show days. It's for anyone. And what's amazing about JCK is it really is the place where the entire industry goes. Because I, I remember going into one of the Mexican restaurants and like right next to me was the CEO of Blue Nile. Everybody's there and it's just great to meet people in person that perhaps you've corresponded with and, and to kind of forge deeper relationships than you would through emails and through all these things, Zooms and all this other stuff. So Saren, you know, What's your average kind of JCK day like? Is it you're just kind of talking to people or dealing with everything or making sure it's all okay? Or do you look at jewelry at all? Or So I save that for the last day, um, both for my time frame and as well for the exhibitors. But yes, for sure. Um, I definitely spend an hour or two on the last day checking out all the all the jewelry for sure. And then what's fun for me is, especially on luxury days, when I get up on stage, everyone would be thrilled to have me wear their jewelry and show it off. So I get to be a little bit of a princess or, or someone on the red carpet where I get to borrow some jewelry for those times. So I'm checking out jewelry to pick it out for that as well on the earlier days. So so that's always a treat for me. Anything else people should know about this coming up Vegas that you want people to uh, know or uh... If anyone's on the fence, what should they be thinking about? Well, if they're on the fence, I'd say they definitely are going to miss out if they're not there. We have yeah. so many exciting things going on, the industry coming together, and, and it's important to stock your stores up. You know, it's it's been a banner year, a few years for the industry, and consumers want to see new, and they want to see fresh, and, and this is the best way to do that. I'd say for the other last tips to give, one would be definitely pre-register. We have a new registration system that's actually going to allow you to fast track with kiosks similar to the airport if you are pre-registered to have much shorter lines, if any, going through kiosks once you're pre-registered. However, the downfall of the system is if you're not pre-registered, it's going to take longer than it used to. So the lines for anyone who doesn't register in advance are going to be longer. So definite insider tip is make sure to pre-register for the show. Uh, we're just excited to not only celebrate, it's not really a celebration of JCK, but it's a celebration of the industry coming together in this way for the past 30 years, which we are so happy about. God, that's going to mark me as an old timer when you see the number yeah. on the line. <laughs> A veteran. A veteran, yes. Let's use veteran. Um, yes. All right, I'm ready. I'm getting my oxygen and my uh, uh, tequila, and I'm ready to go. <laughs> yes. Fantastic. For sure. Well, thanks, Saren, for the rundown on all the new. There's so much going on, and I can't wait to clink glasses and celebrate 30 years with you. Yeah, it should be cool. Yes, I can't wait to see everyone there. Thanks for listening to The Jewelry District. I'm Natalie Comet, the producer of the podcast. If you liked what you heard, please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast wherever you may listen. We hope you'll join us next time on The Jewelry District by JCK.